What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Fam, that completes a seven-day intensive breath work retreat over here in Bali, Indonesia. I'm proud of myself. It has been a huge seven days and I cannot wait to actually record a podcast and let you in on everything that has unfolded for me, the insights I have received about me, about life, about women, about relationship, about humanity, about money, about my father. I cannot wait to share everything that my insides have been open to and the deepest states of self that I have now witnessed, seen, loved on, tended, met. I just can't wait to share what has unfolded for me. And one thing I will share when I went in with an intention this entire year, yes, my word is aliveness, but my intention is to live from an open, unguarded, kind, loving, generous heart. And I'm going to let you in on one little thing about me because it always seems to surprise people, even though I'm like, hold on, aren't like the baddest bitches going the most sensitive of all? A lot of clients will share with me insecurity around their sensitivity. And I'm going to put my hand up and let you all know. I am such a sensitive, soft person. Oh. I know. I know, I know, I know. The big reveal. I'm actually an incredibly sensitive person. And if you look at the strongest people you know, I would love for you to start to see them, see the polarity, see the duality, the ones that are the strongest. I would invite you to look at them and expect or get curious that potentially they are some of the most sensitive souls, but they just don't actually let you see their sensitivity. And I'm going to expand on that at a later date. But for now, today, I'm introducing you to an incredible woman. Her name is Dom DeVita. She is a tantra coach. And you know how much I love the conversation around sex, pleasure, intimacy, and relationships. And we dove into so many different aspects of this conversation. If you're a woman desiring to access deeper states of pleasure and have been curious about utilizing pleasure as an opportunity to support you in your healing journey, this is one powerhouse session that you do not want to miss. I asked so many questions and we have really made it so relatable. And there are so many tools in this episode today that you can take away with you that can support you on essentially the healing journey that you're either on or desiring to embark on. And it doesn't even have to be a healing journey. It can really just be you meeting yourself in deeper places from within, creating such a depth of relationship with yourself. So the depth of relationship that you yearn to receive and experience with others is actually possible. Fun fact, I actually went to Jake's home after I recorded this podcast and I recorded two podcasts on this day, one with Dom and one with someone else. And Jake said to me that energetically, I felt very different. So I don't know if it was Dom. I don't know if it was the conversation. I don't know if I was feeling just really tapped in after receiving all of her goodness, or it's just been all the work that I have been doing up until now that created that experience. But I had a very magic evening after recording this. And my deep desire for you is that you experience some magic after listening to this. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Dom because we would love to connect with you. This is one hell of an episode. Strap yourself in 
let's fucking go. Oh my God, I am sitting here with the most incredible woman who I have had the privilege of being in her space, in her world, connected through the internet and also in person in Austin recently. Dom, I'm so fucking pumped to welcome you into my world and have all of the women who listen to this podcast receive from you. Welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. And it was awesome meeting you in person. Everyone, Beck is such a firecracker. Just to be around you was amazing. And you just embody everything you share. You're the real deal. I really loved it. Oh, thank you. I love being with people in person. I'm like, yes, you get to actually receive me, not just internet version of me. I'm like, yeah, that bad energy is very easy to communicate on the internet. But I'm like, what about all parts of Rebecca? Like you get to receive all of me, the firecracker and also very loving. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So I love being able to be in that space for several days and immerse in all of your amazingness. It was beautiful. And for anyone who doesn't know who Dom DeVita Tantra is, can you please share with us who you are and what is it that you do in the world? Well, I'm a Scorpio born on Halloween where the Scorpios are the sex sign of the Zodiac. And on Halloween this year, I will be 55 years young. And I've been a registered nurse for over 30 years, but I had an awakening through Tantra when I was 44 years old, it was a decade ago when I had my first soulgasm. I had such amazing pleasure for a prolonged states of time. It literally cracked me open. And my third eye, my heart chakra opened, my crown chakra opened. And I wasn't expecting all of that. And it completely changed who I was as a person and my whole life path and my journey. And I used to help with open heart surgeries. And I realized these are the tools that really open people's hearts. So I became a certified Tantra educator. And then last year, I became a trauma-informed master coach. And so I know that pleasure is medicine. It's just like the dose of pleasure. Like sometimes people will be chasing pleasure or having an addiction to pleasure or using it for, to feed their ego or in different ways. But it's just like a dosage of how you titrate it to where is it toxic for you? Are you overdosing on it? Are you being careless or reckless with it? Or you really can use it for your transformation, for your empowerment, and to really create the life your heart desires. We don't just have to create a human life with pleasure. In our sexual energy, we're literally created from that energy. So we can also create what we want in our lives through that and that sexual transmutation. So those things are my jams and what I love to empower people to know. We're so much more powerful than we realize. Mm, my mind is ticking away with about 10,000 questions that I could ask on every single thing that you've just shared. I'm so excited for us to dive in because women come into my world and we're really desiring to live from an open, unguarded, loving heart that wants to love fully and be loved fully and desiring to be so embodied in our receivership and our pleasure. I'm curious with your soulgasm, can you share with us what that actually is? It was hard to explain, but I was with a lover and I'd had amazing sexual experiences, multi-orgasmic. I'd been with lovers before and had 20 orgasms before. And I was having better sex than most of my friends. I was already a recurring guest on Playboy Radio. And my friends were like, the tip she taught me saved my marriage. You should be writing a book on sex. And this was for 20 years or more I've been sharing about sex. Then when I had this lover, I did not know that he had studied a master tantra. He had dated a tantra coaching and he had this ability to do something that I now teach my male clients is how to separate his ejaculation from his orgasm so it could be multi-orgasmic, have stamina for hours. Now, I had been with someone who had given me 20 orgasms before. And afterwards, he said, you know, I was trying to think of math problems. I was doing math equations in my head. 
so I wouldn't finish too fast. And I could never quite figure out why I didn't want to be with him again. And for him, he's like, man, she had 20 orgasms. Of course, I get a call back. And later I realized when I discovered Tantra and that connection, and women were very intuitive, right? So it was the fact that he wasn't fully present, that he was off in his mind thinking and distracting himself to last a long time, but he couldn't really be dropped in, right? And I had wanted to learn Tantra before I had met this person, but I bought a book put it on the shelf because I thought I needed a partner to begin, but you don't. It starts with you and the relationship you have with yourself. If I would have read the book, I would have known that. So I delayed my journey by a decade. I did not know he had this ability. He surprised me. I had no substances. We both had no substances in our bodies. And I had a period of prolonged ecstatic states of bliss for over five hours. And a lot of times I noticed when I would be with other lovers, I would need to rein my pleasure in, like pull it back. Because my intuition was like, if I really go all in with how much fun I'm having, it's going to be game over for this dude. He's not going to be able to keep up with me. And this guy was just watching his body language and everything, and he was not phased. I I just orgasm after orgasm, but he was really present and dropped in. What happened for me is if you've heard of your chakras and your energy centers, all of that prolonged pleasure and continuing to build and build and build and not have to be holding back. And being in this really sacred space with him where he was super connected with me and his energy was on point and we're like breathing deeply together, actually my chakras opened up and then that's when I had what they call a kundalini awakening. And it felt like he was making love to my soul and it felt like that orgasm brought me to the core of who I was being, who I am. And I just thought of the word soulgasm and just that's what I came up with the best way to describe it. And then later, Osho brought Tantra to the West. And I was reading one of his books that was written in the 70s, and he describes it as a soulgasm. And I was like, oh, but it's just like that's what dropped in for me that it was. And whenever this happened again, we were together for five hours, and it seemed like 20 minutes to an hour because time flies when you're having fun. It seemed like time would stand still. So the next morning, he said, hey, would you like to come back again tonight? I was like, man, is that a question? I'm totally here. And I thought the first time was like, well, was that a fluke? He still didn't tell me he had studied a master tantra and dated a tantra coach. So I came back and like the same thing happened again. And that night when we were done, I just sat up in the bed and I looked him in the eyes and I said, I just want to clone you and give one of you to all my friends. And literally my heart was breaking for so many women because I was like, there's I don't even know how to begin to tell my friends how to have this experience. Like so many women are never going to have this experience in their lifetime. And it really broke my heart. So that's why I became so passionate. And I'm so passionate about teaching men because men need to know that they have this ability within them to help unlock this. It's the sexual healing Marvin Gaye would sing about. But it's a deep level of pleasure. But see, we want to say, I want to find a soulmate. We only have been shown how to have sex from a superficial egoic place, especially if we're looking at adult videos and things like that. So then we're looking at things of like skin to skin. How often can we have sex with someone and be naked in the bed, but we can't look them in the eyes and have intimacy and really connect? We still want to hide behind these masks, these walls. So we're having sex, but on this superficial egoic surface level. And then we're like, why can't I have a soulmate? Well, you're not going to have a soulmate with superficial sex. Tantra creates soulmates. You will have such a deep connection with that person, it'll blow your mind. Like I can be thousands of miles away from my lovers that I've had these experiences and we can drop in and be connected or show up in our dreams and they'll message me the next day like they'll have connected to. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. 
Wow. So I always love to make everything that everyone shares really digestible and receivable. Yeah. So if some of the women listening right now might be saying, okay, Dom, that sounds fucking incredible for you, this five-hour mind-blowing experience. I don't even know what my chakras are, what my energy center is, and why a man, a lot of my clients, a lot of my audience are heterosexual females, why and how someone would be able to feel, including myself, my energy center and my chakras when I'm being intimate with myself and or someone else. So what would you say to that woman before we even dive into the realm of Tantra? Yes. Great. I love this. So I didn't really like feel my chakras when this happened. I just know the impact that it had on me when your third eye opens, that's more intuition and discernment, my intuition, like a lot of things really unlocked and I had a lot of clarity on things. Tantra comes from India over 5,000 years ago. There's lineages in Tibet and Buddhist Tantra as well. And a lot of it is not even for sex. The byproduct is that you can have great sex. It was really for enlightenment. Initially, women were not supposed to do it. It was like you think the Buddhist monks on the side of a mountain meditating for this high enlightenment, and they're trying to bring all of the energy and do breath work and all these practices to open up their energy centers that are in the body. So the chakras are these spinning wheels of energy. And we have seven main ones that go from the the base of our spine and our perineum, our tailbone, the root chakra, all the way up. Then we have the, you know, the solar plexus, the sacral chakra that are near the abdominal areas. Then you have your heart chakra, your throat chakra, your third eye chakra, your crown chakra, right? So just like when I used to help do surgeries, we always can feel like we have a soul, right? But when I'm doing surgery and we're making incisions, I've never seen someone's soul in there. I've never seen a chakra near the appendix or something like that, right? But in modern times, they've actually injected some isotopes and looked and they can see these spinning centers of energy that show up on the imaging, exactly where the ancient people would say they could feel these energy centers. And so we have an aura field around us. You know how you can feel someone's energy when they go in a room? And our heart chakra, whenever it's more open, we're going to feel the energy field from four feet around us or more. And that's why sometimes when some people can come into a room, they can kind of bring the mood or the energy down or can make people nervous. There's other people come to the room and the way their energy is, it can shift into a more positive way. And that's a lot with our energy centers. And so many of us, the heart chakra connects the upper and lower chakras together. And it connects us around the world around us. It's our connection. But because of mother wound, father wound, or past heartbreaks, we armor up and we've had heartbreaks. So we are staying really closed off and that. So a lot of people are blocked in the heart chakra and a lot of the energies are just circulating like a hamster wheel down in the lower ones. And that's why for me, sometimes I would act like a man about sex. And I was just like Samantha on Sex in the City and I just had an itch I need to scratch. I was just DTF, right? And I would just be very impulsive with it. And I would approach sex just like a dude. I'd be like, you know, we don't need to go on a date. I need to know like what your style of sex is, what equipment are you working with? What kind of condoms are we going to bring? Like, I, let's just go. Like, that would <laughs> Like, I got to know. And, I'm, and so, you know. Yes, yes, please. And so, um, and, you know, what is the style? What do you like? You know, things like that. And what was happening, though, for me is that because my heart chakra was blocked, all that sexual energy and stuff was like building, building, building. So that's what the majority of our society does. The energy will build from the root to the sacral to the solar plexus chakra and it will come up. And then it will just boom, drop back down because we'll usually do something really quick to discharge that energy because it's a lot. And it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so horny. I got to do something, right? Either it's with ourselves or with someone else. 
And so a lot of times we can do it from a very shallow space, or sometimes I would be hooking up with people that I weren't really worthy of me being with and weren't the best choices, right? But I just wanted my ego to be validated. I wanted to have that fix. Well, then when my root chakra opened, that energy started dispersing and flowing all through me. Imagine like you have Christmas tree lights. And if one of the lights is out or blocked, it disrupts the flow of the energy. Some of the others may not work as well. So then whenever my energy got online and all of my chakras were flowing, then my heart chakra opened up. And then with my third eye, my intuition came in. And with my crown chakra open, I had more discernment. So then I would intuit and I could tell who would be a better lover for me. I started getting better opportunities with lovers. I attracted better lovers. And I started having more discernment of like, hey, just because that looks good for me doesn't mean that's good for me. And, you know, I'll take a pass on that because I could see that might not be the best choice. I hope that's helpful. And so I hope I didn't make it more confusing with my head. No, love, 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 love it. And do you put all of that down to from this point of soulgasm, realizing that this book that's been on your shelf for 10 years, now it's time to open it and read it and actually dive headfirst into the world of Tantra and then start to become the embodiment of Tantra and now teach it to men and women. Yes, I dated this man for a while because it was a lot of fun. And then I realized I used to have a pattern of just getting from relationship to relationship. And I would excuse that as like, I'm so hot. Of course, I have options. You know, my ego would validate that. Or I would have this old joke of like, oh, the best way to get over a man is to get under one. But I wasn't giving myself time to heal or look at what were my unhealthy patterns. So then when I had this with him and I also had my heart chakra really opened up with him, then I sat there and paused and noticed some unhealthy things and patterns. And I decided, you know, I'm just going to take a year to myself and date myself. And I've done that through periods now. And I really want to understand this energy is kind of like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole. Like I realized this whole world because I never knew that level of pleasure was possible for me. I thought I had already climbed the top of the mountain and was already having the best sex. And then I realized I had only been scratching the surface, right? So then what happened was I just was like, let me work on myself and let me notice my patterns of the past lovers I've attracted and be aware of that. And let me just work on myself with my heart chakra and learn more about Tantra and then just take a pause for a second because I would never give myself the pause before, which was not in my best interest. Sometimes we need to pause and reflect so we don't continue to repeat unhealthy patterns. And so then I got my Tantra certification. And the Tantra you're saying, for any woman that's listening, I love the key point that you said there. Number one is actually not just sex-based. And number two, you do not need a lover, a partner to actually dive and delve into the world of Tantra. So for any woman that is feeling right now, she's desiring to live from a more open heart. She's desiring to be more embodied in her worthiness to actually allow herself to receive pleasure. So many women come into my world for so many different things and there can be something that's occurred in their life, the herpes virus and or anything else that has them now feel like they're not worthy of the pleasure that maybe previously they would have been good enough to finally receive. Would you really encourage her, inspire her and motivate, invite her into exploring Tantra as a way to connect deeply with herself and recreate a relationship with pleasure? I definitely wholeheartedly would recommend that. And I have recommended that to so many women because pleasure is medicine. It's so healing. And so a lot of times we can have this fear of, oh my gosh, am I not worthy or is something wrong with me or am I going to be rejected? But we're not noticing that also are we rejecting ourselves? Maybe if we've had a diagnosis like this that we're like, oh, I'm not worthy of this or no one is going to want me anymore. And then we even turn off our sexuality towards ourselves. We just completely shut it down. But we're 
disconnecting from our power center. This is our key, our life force energy, our vital energy. And for our health and things like that, it's important that we stay connected to it. Because when you don't, that's when you have dis-ease in our bodies. Because we get these stuck, stagnant energy that we're repressing. Repression and suppression lead to depression. The antidote of that is expression. So even being fully sexually expressed, right? Even just for yourself. And so often when women have a self-pleasure practice, we know how to get from point A to point B very quickly. And so we won't take our time with ourselves. But if a lover was to take that little time with us, we would be frustrated. But our body is like, hey, why aren't you taking time with us? Why are you rushing me through this? So can we really be with ourselves? Because when we do this, we become our own best lover. And when we become our own best lover, we are fully loving and accepting ourselves, no matter STI and anything, no matter what's going on in our body, if we've gained extra weight or whatever it is, and we're fully loving and accepting of ourselves, that's when we will find law of attraction, like attracts like, we will find others that are also that accepting of ourselves. We can't push or shun away or reject ourselves. And then be upset when we see that playing out in the world around us. You know, again, our outer world is just a reflection of our inner world. So how are we caring and pleasuring ourselves? Because we're worthy of it. We don't just need to have pleasure or get sexy or have sexy time for the attention or validation of a man. It is that time again, but is it your time now? Are you ready to unlock the most fully expressed you? This August, join me and my incredible support team as we support you to break free from shame, break through unworthiness, and connect so deeply within to the truth of who you are so that you create the internal safety to express and be yourself courageously in this world. True Transformation is my signature 10-week group coaching program designed to support you to heal from your past and live your life authentically and expressively so that you can experience the world from a deep sense of aliveness, alignment, and you embodied in your unique fire. Want to join us? Head to the link in my show notes and apply today. For any woman that's listening, she's like, yes, I actually have turned down either off or completely down my sexuality. I don't even really know how to turn my sexuality back on for myself. I'm going through so much inner turmoil around my own worthiness, whether it is the STI piece, whether it is, like you said, some women who have intentionally, for whatever reason, attempted to gain weight to protect themselves from actually opening their heart to a man again. Lots of women share that with me privately. I've actually intentionally put this weight on and I don't want to lose it because I don't want the attention based on whatever has occurred in maybe their childhood, something that happened in their teenage years, and obviously understandable that we're trying to protect ourselves. If she's listening right now and she thinks, I want to actually start to turn the dial back up. And I'm hearing this story as well around self-pleasure. So I'm hearing I can do it safely and with myself. I don't have to open myself up to anyone else yet. Can literally edge towards potentially one day going there. What would be her first place? What would she do? One beautiful practice to do is even to get coconut oil and massage your breasts. Massage your breasts and your nipples. That's really good for your heart chakra. It releases also oxytocin and some other feel-good hormones, the chemicals, and just even pinching your nipples lightly. But just breathing and rolling your shoulders back and just breathing in and massaging your breast and just feeling into that, into the sensation. Like take your time with yourself. Romance yourself. Don't just go straight into pleasuring yourself and, and insert insert toy, right? 
take that time and give yourself that foreplay. So even if you're not quite sure about the genitals, even just doing things with your breasts is so beautiful. And then if you're breathing in and you raise your shoulders back, just imagine that that heart space is just opening and just breathe that in. And it can be really deeply healing and supportive. And then whenever you do something, use coconut oil and use a toy. Sometimes doing something with a crystal is really great too, because some of the crystals, you can look at the properties of it and see which one speaks to you about whatever challenges you're having right now. And just do it as this sexual healing practice and using the coconut oil too, and give yourself the time to have foreplay with yourself. Get yourself turned on. And before you insert the toy into the yoni or your pussy or whatever you want to call it, pause it there and just sit and have some breaths and ask yourself if you're ready to receive it. Start to honor your body and give yourself consent because especially if you've had a history of any kind of trauma, if you're just like, oh, you know, if I'm teaching someone a yoni egg practice, I'm like, oh, Dominique said next step is like, I insert this thing and I do that. And they're just very mechanical about it, right? And their body's like, wait, wait, what just happened? I feel violated. I did the first five steps. I got the pink one that's connected to self-love. I put it in my pussy and I healed. Yes. Game over. I'm done. And then we're so fast, right, to go to the next thing. Just sit there and be with it and just breathe in, though. Even breathing is so powerful. Like, imagine that from your pussy to the top of your head, you have a straw. Actually, in Tantra, they call the inner channel that's called the inner flute, the Sushumna Nadi, where the chakra centers are. But we can just say, like, straw. Keep it simple. And then you're going to breathe and just breathe in all the way from your pussy and your pleasure. Breathe all that in all the way up into your heart space. And then sometimes breathe it up to the top of your head. And then just like a waterfall, exhale and let it just fall down behind you and just have this loop, like almost the planet Saturn, a, a ring of like pleasure coming around you and breathing it all up and expanding and see how long you can be with pleasure. How much can you allow it to fill all of your cells? And then edge yourself out. Like if, orgasm is 10 and not being turned on is a zero get yourself to around a five or a seven and see how long you can stay in those spaces because pretty quick seven can turn to eight nine ten right and allow yourself to really luxury like to really be with yourself in the pleasure and just breathing it in the breathing will have you have more intense orgasms a lot of times we're not aware that when we're about to orgasm we can tense up from so much pleasure happening and we feel overwhelmed or we'll subconsciously hold our breath and not know it and our orgasm is like a candle flame. And it's like taking the oxygen away from a candle. The flicker is going to go away. That can happen with our orgasms too. So breathing is so important. And having a meditation practice, the brain is the largest sex organ. So when we're overthinking, we're underfeeling. But the if you're able to be more in meditative states, then you're actually, it'll be easier for you to have orgasms because you're able to like not be so distracted and think about all the things that you should be doing what happened earlier in the day, X, Y, Z. So those are the things I would say, but just romance yourself, take yourself on a date, have a nice bubble bath, listen to some amazing music, dance really sexy in front of the mirror, you know, and really honor your body and take that time with yourself. Treat yourself the way you would want a lover to treat you. I love that you class all of that as intimacy and self-pleasure versus just basically shoving the wand in, having the three-minute orgasm or pleasure experience and moving back on with our day. Why are we so conditioned to rush our pleasure? I think we're just conditioned in life, period, to rush through everything. Everything is just like, how fast can you do things? How organized are you? How much is your output? We've been trained in school, right, to be these little robots. What is your IQ? We operate from the neck up so often and we're so disconnected from our bodies, right? So Tantra, what I love about it is it helps you through your five senses, drop into your body. 
so you can feel more pleasure because we're usually just here from the neck up. We're so disconnected or we feel numb, but it's because we're going so fast and we're always like on to the next thing. What's the next thing I have to do? We have such a long list of things to do, but prioritize your pleasure. Put yourself at the top of your to-do list because when you start to prioritize yourself, you'll notice that people around you and whenever you're dating or whenever you start to date again, they're going to notice that because when we raise the bar, And we start to really treat ourselves well, we are not going to tolerate people that aren't going to treat us the same. It's usually we're attracting lovers that don't treat us very good when we will settle for anything because we're also not treating ourselves that good. So why would we expect anyone else to treat us better? We raise that expectation of ourselves. We start to attract better because people can tell like, oh, wow, look how amazing she takes care of herself. I have to set my game up. She's not going to just be low maintenance, but we've been taught a lot too to be low maintenance, to always be nice, you know, to be chosen, all those stories that we've been told. So we play small, but I invite you to play big. Mm. Even for me, one of my things was, I can make myself orgasm in life. I reckon I can do it in less than 90 seconds if I want to. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's kind of good because men are trying to train themselves to last longer, right? Whereas there can often be that complaint in society that women take too long to orgasm. I don't think that's a good call. I love it when I'm with someone who tells me to take my time. But I thought to myself, if I can teach myself to orgasm as quick as possible, it's going to make his job easier. Yes. What would you say to that woman? It's great. Whenever you are able to orgasm more quickly, you can be more multi-orgasmic with someone and that's great, you know, but don't put that pressure on yourself. You know, men are like microwave ovens. They can be like ready to go really fast and then boom, they're done. We're more like ovens. We need to be preheated. It's going to take longer to serve a gourmet meal. You know what I'm saying? We're not just popcorn popping off right and left. We need to just savor it and have them take the time with us. And if they're not willing to give us the foreplay or do things to help close that, because there's a huge orgasm gap in heterosexual relationships because men usually don't last. They're so aroused really fast. And it takes women longer to even get to that space. They can just be ready to go at the drop of a hat. Again, your brain's your largest sex organ. And women, we can be tasking and doing so much all the time. You know, if they're just pouncing on us, they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, I wasn't even, my head's not even there. Like, it's going to take me a bit. So knowing that we need more of that. And and again, anticipation for me is really big. I love like a date night or things like that because I like to anticipate it. Looking forward to it turns me on and excites me. So I don't want something just always at the last minute thrown on me. So don't rush yourself. Instead, encourage him that he should be trying to take more time with you. Not to shame him, but that there are ways that he can do things and he could do foreplay and do things for you first. Let you have an orgasm before you even start a penetration. So for the woman that is feeling triggered by this conversation, feeling as though well, I actually take a really long time to orgasm and that's an insecurity of mine because in the bedroom with a man, I'm trying to hurry myself up and think of a fantasy that will really get me there. How can we as women in a really encouraging way support a man to want to take his time with us knowing that potentially we take a lot longer to orgasm? Just letting them know about the orgasm gap, just educating them and just letting them know that this is really common and that women, our arousal cycle doesn't match up with a man's arousal cycle. It takes us up to 20 minutes to start really getting to a peak state of arousal, whereas sometimes they're not even lasting 20 minutes. 
So then they're finishing and we're just now getting turned on. So I, it's really funny to me. I keep thinking of all the stories when I grew up back in the day of don't give a man blue balls. Don't be a tease. Well, I mean, men are giving women blue ovaries. You know what I'm saying? Because we're, how, how often is it honestly that women were getting all turned on and we're getting this foreplay and then right when we start to get aroused, it's like they've stopped. But women were being too nice to talk about it. But it's really, it's really messed up when you think about how much men have used the blue balls thing and the shaming of women of being a tease, but they don't realize they're being a tease by coming at us, getting a party started, and then being a party pooper, then leaving before everyone's finished partying. Wow, I'm still trying to celebrate over here, dude. Like, come on. So... You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so then it's like, then we have what clean up on all eight. Then if they ejaculated, or we haven't used condoms, and then we like it takes us more time to prep and to shower and and maybe to shave and do all the things to prep for the sex than even it lasts. And then we have all the cleanup, and then men are like wondering why women aren't as interested in sex. If men master this, is what I do when I work with men to teach them this. When men have this ability to last a long time and really support multiple orgasms for women or just even not with the goal being orgasm, prolonged states of pleasure without even having to have an orgasm and having intimacy and connection, they would see that women desire sex more than men. They're the ones who would be like, oh, gosh, I have a headache. I don't know. And so then their problem, their challenge of like, oh, my gosh, my partner doesn't want to have sex as often as I do. Well. If you would not always tease them and they wouldn't always just be left hanging or made to feel bad or feel rushed, then you would have a different experience with your lovers. And you would see that you're so desired and that they're really wanting to be with you. But we've all been miseducated. We don't get the right sex education. We get educated with shame, don't get a disease, don't get pregnant, this and that, wait till you're married. And then we go and look at adult videos to try to figure it out. And that's dumbing us down. And then men are thinking that's what good sex, because then it's a porn star. Oh, they're a celebrity of sex. They get paid. I need to do that. No, no one wants to do that. So this is a tip that you can definitely show a man that will help him understand. I just want you to get your hands together and rub them back and forth really fast, really fast, back and forth. Okay, now go really slow. So slow. I want you to notice, Beck, how much more sensation you can feel when you're going slow. See, our brain is our largest sex organ. Our brain cannot process this, all this movement. It just makes us feel numbed out. And the man is really exerting himself and feels like he's doing a lot. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just really working. I'm really doing something or I'm beating the pussy up or whatever. And they're exerting a lot of energy, right? But it's making them finish faster. And then we're not even feeling as much as we could feel if they knew how to pace themselves, like sometimes go fast, sometimes go slow, like having that variation could be really so great. So don't feel ashamed to, if you're not able to have pleasure, because a lot of it I want to share with everyone here, especially if we've had past traumas or childhood trauma, if we're always being hypervigilant and we're always scanning for safety, orgasm does not live here. Even if subconsciously we always scan for safety, orgasm is not going to arrive. Orgasm is about surrender and fully trusting and feeling really safe to receive. So if there's something, even our intuition is really powerful, perhaps there's something going on in the relationship and in your heart or your nervous system or your intuition is like, you know, things seem okay, but I'm really not so sure about this person. 
that's when your body is going to be more closed down and not as receptive to him. Or if he doesn't do things that make you feel safe. Um, Dom, do you believe it's possible for all men to orgasm? I believe that it is. I haven't met anyone that hasn't been able to. And even if they can't orgasm with a partner, they usually can orgasm with themselves. So if they start to do a pleasure practice and get connected with their body, but if they have a lot of shame, like I have a healing from sexual shame masterclass replay that's really supportive because a lot of us get programmed to have shame around sex for our sexuality, but that's really disempowering us because again, shame on the emotional frequency scale is the lowest vibration. So if we can let go of the shame or whatever is holding us back so that we can really fully welcome in that pleasure. And then also men, when they're like, oh, well, it usually doesn't take the person along to orgasm. Or were they really orgasming or was that a fake orgasm of your past lover that you experienced that with? I actually had a lover once that was trying to tell me, well, women that I've been with before and he, I was dating someone was like 12 years younger than me. And I'd already had, I was sort of tantra coach, already had a soulgasm and everything. And he had not had those experiences. And, and he kept trying to tell me this thing like, oh, you know, other women, my, you know, when I was, and I was like, the women just love the way I did it. And I finally, I was so sick of hearing it one day. And I just said to him, do you actually think, you know, because at the time I was training 50, I go, do you actually think that those young women you were with had the kind of experiences that I've had? I don't think so. Yeah. Back in the day, I could have been impressed with what you do. That would have been impressive. But when you've experienced a level of whatever I've experienced, no, no, don't talk to me. I said, I'm so tired of hearing about how much these young girls thought of what you're doing. Also, the young women who don't have the courage to speak up and say, I actually don't enjoy it like this, or I would prefer if you do that. Like when Jake and I first got together, Jake's like the most beautiful, loving, sweet, soft, but like strong, masculine, but not needy, just love him. And if you got him with all his tattoos and put him into a porno, I felt like he was having sex with me like a fucking porn movie would. And I was like, you do not have sex with me like that. This does not feel good at all. And he was like, what are you talking about? Everyone likes this. I was like, this is not nice. It doesn't feel, like my body isn't ready to receive that amount of energy coming at me. It doesn't feel connected. It feels very mechanical. And so for me at 30, what I would have been 32 then, at least I had the courage, the confidence to speak up and share what I really did need. Versus me 10 years ago would have just been like, okay, well, this is what he's doing and this is the way that he likes and he thinks this is what I want. So I'm just going to allow him to have this experience. So all of those young women, do they really speak up and really share what was true for them in that moment? Exactly. Exactly. And two, the young women, we're looking at porn to get educated, right? Or it's actually miseducation. And so we're looking at that and we're thinking too, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like in this performative place of being that does feel very disconnected. I'm friends with a legendary porn star, and she's in the Hall of Fame for porn. She's like a legend. She's been on a bunch of TV shows and everything. She's amazing. And I actually introduced her, her to her current husband. I think they've been together over 10 years, a surgeon that I worked with. And whenever he was first going to date her, and they started dating, and he just adores her. And I said, whatever you do, do not have sex with her like you've seen in porn. She is not going to like that. And she would even talk to me about being on set for porn. She says, oh, I'm not having sex when I'm at work. It wasn't even sex to her. She goes, oh, that that's cardio with penetration. So it's not even, it's a performance. But when we go for driving a school, are we going to go and drive like Fast and Furious? But some dudes in bed be doing those Fast and Furious and that, you know, the jackhammer move. And because they've seen that, 
And then because in the videos, the women act like they really love it and they're squirting half the time they're just peeing or whatever. There's just different things. You know, it's it's a, a big illusion as to what's really going on there. Um, you know, lesbian porn can turn on a lot of heterosexual women. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. It's very arousing, but it's also actually about our pleasure versus if you watch air quotes normal porn, male woman, and he's just absolutely male hovering her. Porn. Yeah. Yeah. Male focus porn. It's like if I put myself in her body right now and someone was doing that to me, I don't know if I, my body would be like, yes, this is amazing. I'd be like, stop it. <laughs> yes. This does not feel good. I am not an object. Get off me. This isn't pleasurable. This isn't arousing. Whereas woman-on-woman porn is all about our pleasure. Even woman-focused porn, no, lesbian porn focused for the male's attention, you can tell the difference as you watch it because it's not actually about our intimacy and our pleasure. Yes. Yeah, it's so, so different. But it's the the sensuality and really being present and honoring the person and really dropping in with them. And I've had lovers like this too, where it literally feels like the man is masturbating inside my body. Like he's chucked out or somewhere else and I'm just this like living sex doll for him. And men don't understand that women are very intuitive. And then men are like, I don't know why my partners want to have sex with me, but sometimes they're addicted to the adult videos and they continue to replay that out when they're with their lover and they're not fully present. And then younger and younger males are having a higher incidence of erectile dysfunction because they're watching porn and they begin dependent on it because you see a rapid fire sequence of the money shot, the money shot, money shot, pussy tits ass, pussy tits ass. And then if they're with their lover or their partner and it's like a specially missionary position or the lights are low where it's not going to be like, you know, zooming in on shot after shot after shot like this, their body and their penis is like, hey, man, where are all the visuals to keep us stimulated? So then men sometimes will be like, oh, no, I'm not really interested in sex or they won't be pursuing sex as much because you don't know that on their own time they're getting off to porn and they've already ejaculated for the day and they're not really ready and then women are feeling like, I don't know why my partner is not desiring me or he's with me, but then he's not able to stay hard. And then we internalize that. And we think it's something about us. But a lot of times there's a very high incidence of men with porn addiction. And I support men in overcoming that because it's really challenging their relationships and it's not good for their bodies. Oh, I love the work that you're doing in the world. One of my final questions is, what would you say to a relationship when they have conflicting libidos? Have self-pleasure time on your own like he can have self-pleasure on his own where he's doing things to do his energy even as a healing modality to move the energy through his body be connected so he can last longer and for him to do it not in a mechanical way but an honoring of his body even with different sensations and for him to have that time and resource himself that way he's not so needy of the woman and then especially there's a lot going on he's so needy always trying to pounce on you it's like no resource yourself and care for yourself. I have this going on over here and vice versa. And not to think it's a cheating on the other person because if anyone deserves to enjoy your body, it's you. It's your body. So enjoy your body and then look at the desire to that polarity of if you're both in your masculine energy or both in your feminine energy most of the time. And a lot of times when we cohabitate, that can happen. We get to the same setting with being with one another. And that's why then we can lose that spark and that desire. And I just want you to imagine like a battery and that one end of it is a positive charge and one is a negative charge. And not to say one energy is positive or negative, but that's going to be like your feminine energy or masculine energy. 
And so you need that opposition to have that spark there. That's where opposites attract. It's the opposite energy. And you can be a same-sex couple, opposite sex, but one's going to need to lean more in the masculine or one in the feminine. And you can also have a dance. When you're really comfortable and you understand your energy, you can have a dance and a flow even within one session with a partner. And it just keeps going to keep flowing. And someone else is like dancing, like someone's going to take the lead and the other one takes the lead and you have this beautiful exchange. So knowing where your energy setting is, and just resourcing yourself and asking for what you want is so important because if we feel like our partner's taking us for granted and isn't romancing us anymore, things like that, or we're just feeling like it's always just about what their needs are and we're just some live sex toy for them, we have our own desires and we have our own wants. And just being able to communicate that will have you have more more passion in your relationship because you're not feeling uncomfortable. There's a funny meme. My grandmother was like, oh, you can pick... Is dick in your mouth, but you can't talk to him about what you want. You know, it is better to talk about it outside of the bedroom, especially if you're going on a walk. It's always really good to walk shoulder to shoulder with someone so you're not opposing them. So you're not feeling so confrontational and just take a walk in nature and be walking. And then you can just talk about different things, maybe that they would like to explore. What would they like to experience more of? Different things like that don't always make it negative and talk with about the things that you do enjoy, maybe some other things you would like to try and go from there and just explore that. I love that. And for the woman who desires more sex, more intimacy, more pleasure with her male partner than what he wants, and then she makes it about her not being good enough, not being pretty enough, not being sexy enough, what would you say to that woman? I would say have some self-pleasure sessions with yourself in a really beautiful way as honoring for yourself and meet your own needs there. So you're not always counting on your partner to do everything for you because then you start to resent them. Because a lot of times we're like, why don't they show up for me like this? Why aren't they taking their time like this? Where are you not doing that for yourself? So do that for yourself and resource yourself and be like, hey, you know, I can take myself on a sexy date and I'm going to have my own time. Don't disturb me. I, you know, not to be mean, but like, I'm just going to do that. Just because you don't in the mood doesn't mean I'm not in the mood. I have needs. I'm going to meet my needs, period. And also be curious too. Like, is there something going on where maybe they are watching porn or something that you don't know about? to where they're already having that fun time. And so they've ejaculated. And so then their drive is lower and then they're not having the interest and they're not matching up with your desires. And are they overworked? Are they stressed? Men have challenges too. The old way patriarchal society hasn't just repressed women, it's repressed men as well. So men can be really disconnected from their emotions. They can be having a lot of stress. They can feel like overworked. A lot of pressures in men to always be the strong one to always provide and not even be in touch with their emotions. And so maybe they're having some challenges too going on that's impacting like their libido or how they're showing up in the bedroom and they're not even comfortable talking about it. So communication is key to having better sex and co-regulating your nervous systems and things like that are really important too. Oh my God, amazing. Dom, you are so incredible. I think I could chew your ears off for another six hours. I always ask every guest one final question, which is, What does it mean in your life to be raw, real, and vulnerable? Just to give zero fucks about what other people think. As long as I'm not hurting anyone else, for me, just to know that I'm happy with the way I'm living my life. This is my one lifetime. And for me to stop worrying so much about what everyone else thinks of me. I love the quote by Dr. Seuss, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Because the people that really matter in your life, if they really get you, what you're doing is fine. And if not, they probably shouldn't be in your life. 
And those that mind are probably usually people that they just don't even get you and know your heart or your soul or who you are. So they're confused by it or they're envious that you're able to show up that way and they don't allow that for themselves. But what they think doesn't matter anyway, because they're not your small circle. We need to stop worrying about what everyone thinks about us. And at the end of the day, am I okay with how I move through the world? Am I okay with me? Amazing. I love it. I love you. Let's fucking go. That was amazing. Love you too, Anyone well. that would like to make their way into your world, I'm going to make sure I get your masterclass link so I can put that in the show notes. Where can they find you? My website is yestantra.com and I have a YouTube that's Yes Tantra. And my Yes Tantra Instagram page got shut down at 30,000 followers. So I'm starting again at Yes Devita for social links. But yestantra.com is a really good place to find me. And then you'll have the links to see my other courses and things like that. But I work with women and men. And so, you know, one of the things is a lot of times men just they haven't been educated about their bodies and they need to have a safe space and just know that as a tantra coach, it is unprofessional, it's very unethical. I'm not allowed to date my clients or anything like that. I coach everyone through Zoom and I'm here to support men, but I'm also here to support women because we need men to understand what our needs are and to let go of the the brainwashing they're getting from adult videos and to really understand what our needs are. And it's important that we start to understand what their needs are too, instead of it being this battle against one another, because we all have our wounds. And the way things have been going and relationships have been set up, it's been so hard for so many people. So can we try to understand what one another's challenges are and help each other through that and be supportive of one another instead of being like, I'm right and you're right or I'm wrong and all these kind of things where we have the battle of the sexes, I think we need to let that go. Mm, I fucking meant to that. Dom, thank you so much for your time today. You're amazing. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.